0: Podcast with Dan and Scott. How does God podcast whether you like it or not? Fresh from back in the day when that's a at the park. 7 on special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses in the wind. Welcome podcast, patrons to the show. Leave the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. How does
1: God podcast in the swine ain't lying? Leave the pin. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Wanna thank my man Tiger Hoods for the intro. As always. And what better way to cap off this episode than to have my man Tiger Hoods himself as today's co host, Mr. Hoods? What is the good word, man?
0: I don't know, you got it. You're the one doing all good. All right, said that you're the one growing fast as hell, <laughs> you're the one taking off, man. How many, how many? Okay, just, just, just for the record, in that little short span,
1: how many followers you grow? Five, six hundred. Um yeah, I'd say I'd say cl- probably closer to 300 actual, you know, good new followers, new listeners that contributed to uh, our podcast family out there.
0: Man. Hey, see what I'm talking about? Keri You got it in your pocket.
1: <laughs> hey, so you've been uh, you've been a busy man as of late. Um since we've talked last, you have dropped a music video. You have dropped yeah. a few new songs. Uh, you've been all over Instagram and the internet. Uh, what's life been like for the last two months?
0: Um, it's been crazy. For one, I will say this: I've been very blessed with these, like, the new relationships I've created with people from going to these golf courses and doing the music and then tapping into the music. So, like just last night, somebody wants me to be a part of a Texas versus Atlanta showcase on the music side. So that's gonna be kind of exciting that I'm gonna be getting into, which is gonna be on November twenty first for people who are listening. It'll be on IG Live. You go in there, you drop your fire emojis and they count as votes, hot most votes wins, and the top get paid and you get meetings with major labels and A and Rs and everything else like that.
1: Well we're gonna to have to post about that for all of our Instagram followers out there drop uh, you know, a couple thousand fire emojis there and uh get my campaign. <laughs> yeah, hey,
0: yeah, for sure. Give me a deal. No, I was kidding. But other than that, I just been doing that, working on my game. And I uh probably about I'd say about two months ago I finished uh I had went and saw somebody about my grip. I was I think I had said something about that on uh, on that last podcast that we had did but the guy, his son played for Sam Houston State, and he's been, he took his son to like Hank Haney and all these guys, like whenever he was playing. So he's, you know, been around the block and he's learned a couple of things, seen a couple of things. So he, we, him and my cousin, they do business together, like on the, in the cattle business. And so we all got together one day and went and played golf. And he was like, dude, you already got like really, really good talent. He was like, but. Can I have just one hour of your time at a driving range? And I'll have you work in a golf course. And I said, yes, sir. So I did that. And once I did that, he really kind of changed my outlook on a couple of things because he showed me a couple of things. And I was like, man, it's something a little so simple. And I started dropping strokes instantly. Well, then he was like, man, I like your progress you made. Just like in one day, he was like, you want to start working? So we started working together. And I got to where I was shooting consistently, anywhere from like a sixty six to sixty eight consistently. And I was like, man, I ain't never played no golf like this before. And there's some sometimes I'd play rounds and I would only hit my driver like one or two holes. Like I was shocked. And so I'm so like what did
1: what did he do specifically with with the grip? Did you have too strong of a grip? Was it too weak? No.
0: Okay. So I I have I I have naturally just a a standard neutral grip. Okay. But when I and I can hit the ball good like that, but whenever he he just told me to tweak my took my hand and make it just a little bit more stronger. But he like sh- showed me the feeling of show, shallowing out that golf club but doing it with your hands. He, because he sees like how how I mean you got to think I have like a anywhere from 124 to 128 like mile an hour club head speed. So it's kind of hard not to tense up on the grip when you're swinging that fast. Right. Because, you know, naturally you're supposed to have a, like a natural loose, like oily wrist grip. But he showed me how to get my hands in positions by, sh- by strengthening my grip and just the feeling of what I needed to do in my swing, like specifically for my swing, because I'm a very, very steep player, but because of my... I guess because of my athletic ability to be able to comp- like compensate, then yeah, I just – yeah, I had to have something special. And I have to have, like – I try to keep it simple. I want to have only two or three things in my head of what I need to be feeling whenever I'm trying to get the golf ball. And he just showed me, like, these little small triggers. And when he did, it just changed my whole it, I mean my, my outview on the game and how I played it, too. Like, I stopped – hitting certain clubs certain ways. Like, I wouldn't try to hit the 58 full when I was at 110. No, I'd take a 54 and just take a nice smooth swing. Boom, on the green. Now I'm putting for birdie. Like, them type of simple fixes that just took me to a whole different level.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes when you've been playing for so long, you know, like you have or I have and a lot of listeners have too, you, you don't realize kind of some of the patterns and habits that you get into it. Sometimes it just takes an extra set of eyes to say, hey, hey, man, you know, like that grip's a little bit weak. Like just turn that left hand over a tiny bit. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I wasn't doing that, you know, because those little things kind of go by the wayside. You don't think about them often.
0: No, see, see, that's the thing. I had tried to do like a strong grip. Like I even tried to like go like call it more a collar, like more of a weak grip. That way I could be able to bow my wrist even more and I couldn't, like, it would be cool, like, it'd be really, really bold at the top, but when I come into impact, it'd be real open, like, back to how it was, and that's just because I can, I guess I know how to control the club face good enough, but only because of my actual swing, so when I do it with, whenever I do it, like, with a strong grip, I get those pulls and those left shots, and then I just go right back to I'd go right back to just how, how I was normally doing it. And then I'd have like these occasional misses all to the right. And I, I could not understand it. And then he was like, look, whenever you strengthen your grip, you have to be able to get that club because if you try to, if you try to stay super steep, like the only person who can really stay super steep and have a really, really bold wrist is Dustin Johnson. But that's you <laughs> but, but you got to think though. That's, somebody who's a freak of nature, somebody whose athletic ability allows them to compensate, to be able to do Right. Know, that's to be that's able a million. To do that. Yeah. So that's what, that's how it is. Like I have a really, if you go on my Instagram and look, like I have a really, really steep swing like him, but my wrist is flat like Tiger Woods. So I have to try to figure out, okay, what is that feeling of getting that club to start working back and away from the ball? to get that shallow emotion before I come to the impact. That way I don't even have to think about hitting the golf ball. I'm thinking about how close is it going to be to the pin? Because I know, like, you know what I'm talking about? You got to have that type of, of confidence in your swing, and that's what I want to have when I'm getting over the ball. Not how good am I going to hit it, but how close is it going to be? When you start getting into that type of mindset, then you're into some really, really good golf
1: yeah, sky's the limit at that point. I mean, you know, everyone's had those days or those weeks where they feel like everything's going right, but a lot of times people don't understand why things are going right. but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you can walk up to the first T box and not say, "Well, I hope I hit the fairway, but where in the fairway do I want to hit it?" now your mindset is on a completely different level.
0: exactly. and like um
1: you got a thing like i, I I think
0: I said it in the last interview as well, that I was reading the, uh Think Like Tiger book, and he was talking about, like, a lot of people don't even know this, but one of the most major keys to success for Tiger Woods is meditation. Not meditation, but being in, like, a hypnosis in on the golf course and not like uh, you're a zombie. But, yes, you're a zombie emotionally. You hit a bad shot. You just accept the consequences instead of getting mad. you whenever, And then instead of even thinking about anything else, you're focused on, from walking to the ball, you're thinking about, okay, how am I gonna hit this shot to get it out instead of dang, I came by leave, I hit that shot. When you start flipping those type of things, then the strokes start going off because now you're mentally in control. And that's the most I mean, if you ask any golfer in the world, you play when you start getting the mental mistakes, that's when the strokes really come on versus doing something
1: mechanically wrong. Yeah, I mean, the top athletes in the world will tell you, and the top sports psychologists will tell you, if you are a good athlete, you need to have amnesia. That's the bottom line. If something bad happens, you forget about it instantaneously, you move on, stick with your process, and act like it never happened. And obviously, you can learn from mistakes, but... You're not doing that in the heat of the battle. If I'm
0: going to ta- I- tell you something, though. I, and this is, a, this is a, a huge gem for all the listeners that are who want to listen to this. He told me when you, start, when you start thinking about it as I'm not trying to beat these people on the golf course, but I'm trying to beat the golf course better than, than these people can beat it, then you're in a whole different mind frame and you're on your way to championship golf.
1: Right, because the only time you're ever worrying about other people in the field is if you're playing match play. Yep. Get out there, play the course as it was intended, do those your absolute best for the day.
0: Those mental switches like that, just they, they just flip those switches in your brain that you don't, for one, you can't explain. Like like my grandpa, <laughs> I try to teach him like some of the stuff I've been learning. Just because I want to see him get better, like you're never too old to get better at golf. I mean, that's the great thing about this game—you can always get better. So, I've been trying to show him things, and there's like some things like I can't explain to him, and he's like, "You always have an explanation for something. Like you always know how to articulate some type of explanation." I'm like, "Okay, well, you know what? I just can't explain this one. It's a feeling, and that's something that sometimes you gotta just ask. You listen to the best. It's not what." they know it's a feeling that they're trying to get into. And when they catch that feeling, they know they're in their groove or they know where they need to be. And that's what it is. And it's unique for everybody else. Everybody everybody has a different swing cue, swing thought, feel, whatever. And it's just how it is.
1: Well, speaking about having that feeling, Patrick Cantlay this weekend at the Zozo Championship, threw up the lead going into Sunday morning. Goes in, shoots a miraculous 65, nine birdies. Yep. Uh, pulls out the win at, at Thousand Oaks over, over John Rahm. Did you watch any of this?
0: Yes, I did, man. I'm going to tell you something. The whole thing, I'm, I'm recently in my game, I've been working on my wedges. My wedges. I mean, everybody, you got to have your wedges down there, man. Watching John Rahm and Calais sling them wedges, that was something to see.
1: If that the, was something the, to see. Yeah, the nine birdies was just. I mean, you know, three off the lead with JT and Rahm at the top of the leaderboard. Most people are thinking, okay, we got a you know a battle between two top ten guys, and really, that's gonna lock out everyone else underneath. Um, now, Canley you know, Cantley is a, a a hell of a golfer. I don't know if people know anything about his history. This is his third win, and he's been close. To other wins. He lost the Shriners um in 2019, lost in a playoff to Kevin Na, won the Shriners in 17, beaten Alex Chaka in a playoff. Dude has won the Memorial tournament last year where he beat Adam Scott. Wins the Zozo Championship where he beats John Rahm and JT. Like, this guy is not winning opposite field events. He is knocking off Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, top ten guys in the world. Um Patrick Cantley needs his due. He does yeah, like, he deserves a lot more hype and a lot more attention than I feel like he gets.
0: Oh, most definitely. Uh I know that they had said something about oh, his round one scoring average was like eighth. I mean, come on, that's you be able to start like that for one is a good thing, but being able to finish is another thing and he proved that even whenever you don't have like that good start, like that great start that you need, man. When you hit that zone, you ride the wave. <laughs> you gotta ride the wave.
1: Yeah, he's uh, you know, obviously a, a streaky player. Um, but he's always before the weekend comes. He's always in you know the top ten, top twenty uh, of most tournaments he played. Now. Obviously this was supposed to take place in Japan. That's where the Zozo takes place every year. Tiger would be in defending champ, moved to California this year at Sherwood sure due to you know COVID nineteen, obviously. Um your namesake, Mr. Woods. Yeah, not okay. that
0: I'm, press Okay, I'm I'm glad that you just and I'm glad that you already segueing into that because I was literally sitting here hoping and praying that you was gonna lead into that.
1: Okay, of man. course. Let me let me ask you a question right off the bat. Okay. Now obviously oh, man. you're an enormous Tiger Woods fan, I am an enormous Tiger Woods fan. Not not much worries me about Tiger, nope. okay? Because nope. his mindset, nope. like we talked about earlier in the pod, is off the charts, and I'll get into some of the ways that he preps for the Masters after this, yep. but I've got to ask you this as someone that's, you know, his game is near and dear to. Are you worried at all with the Masters coming up in three weeks?
0: Man. Okay. Let me let me just start off with this. Go to round three of this of this past tournament. Watch him shoot that six under. Right. He showed you a flash of what he's working on. People, I mean, there's a lot of people who are Tiger Woods fans, and then there are the ones of us who listen to this podcast who we come like talk with on a daily, our brothers that are Tiger Woods fans, like the real fans that actually know how he how he does. Man. Since Tiger Woods has really started playing on the PGA Tour, everybody knows that right before he gets ready, he goes into the Masters. He starts working on shots even during tournaments. And he's working on swing changes during tournaments to get ready to go battle Augusta. Like okay, Everybody gotta, knows that. Let me,
1: let me stop you there, and I just want to say thank you so much for being one of those people that understands this concept. And What a lot of people don't understand is that nothing – nowadays means anything to Tiger Woods than those majors. There's nothing else that's important. And quite honestly, you could argue over his entire career, 20-plus years, that nothing else ever mattered. This is the same guy that would win regular tour events while he was tuning up for the majors. And what I mean is, is exactly what you just said. Take, like, the 18th hole at Augusta. That mandates a big power fade off the tee. This is a guy who, if he was playing a dog leg left, but needed to work on that power fade for the Masters, would literally play the wrong shot. No, he did that.
0: No, that's what I'm talking about. Go Even on on that sixth, uh, like when he shot that 600 on the round three, you can see him. He missed the fairway on the first tee box, which he did almost all week, dang near. But he always played that that same shot, and that's a that's a slight dog leg to the left, so I mean, he would normally be working a fade, I mean, a draw right there, and I mean, I've seen some people on Twitter, and like, golf accounts, and stuff like that say stuff about, like, why would he even do that, like, Tiger not even out here I'm like, you are just one of them people who just like his name you don't like him because of the golfer he is and was The
1: people that complain about it the people that see only a score right they see okay he finished one under he won 13 grand he finished three people out of the bottom right out of out of 75th when a no cut event people worry about that but the bottom line is this is a guy who to most golf pundits last year at augusta came out of nowhere but if you yep. know Tiger and, and you follow closely and you know people close to him, you understand that right now the only thing that matters is November 12th through the 15th. That's it. There's yep. nothing else t- on the I'll schedule. T- I'll even
0: do you one even further. I'll even give everybody another clue. If you listen to like what the broadcasters were talking about during the tournament, they're saying that Tiger Woods is not ruling out the Houston Open he's not ruling it out cuz he might I mean not no not the, not the Houston Open my bad I'm sorry. He was he was thinking about not ruling out of this one. Oh, because, Bermuda. Yes, because he was going to try to get ready to, you know, work on a couple more things for Augusta. I was thinking anyways. So there's not to say that he won't show up.
1: Well, the the, the timeline already has passed. He's not committed to it. If if anything it makes sense. To go to Houston because that's always set up as close to master's conditions as possible. However, this year moving to Memorial Park, um, a different course than the Houston Open's normally played on, and the fact that it's happening so late in the year, I'm not so sure that they can replicate those conditions perfectly. But, you know, Tiger is a guy that notoriously, throughout his entire career, does not play the week before a major, ever. No.
0: Mm mm.
1: No, you know, sir. I'm, I'm, the only time he ever does is when money gets in the way, and he has some type of sponsorship commitment that he needs to uphold. But for the most part, you know, look at his track record; he does not play before the majors, and, and quite honestly, looking at all the majors he's won, you know, I can't find anyone in their right mind who could argue that his plan has not worked out well. Man, I, you know,
0: if you think about, if you think about it, like. He always does this. He, I mean, he always does this. And i just wonder in the back of my mind, does he just have that one more last, uh, like that one more last hoorah to win one more? Just
1: one more. So I, I guess it's a great question, right? And, and if you had to put money down on it, I think somewhere maybe two years ago or so, most people would say, no, he doesn't. Right, and, and this last Masters, the, the 2019 Masters, seemed like maybe the culmination of, of all the majors that he's going to win. Um, however, seeing the way that VJ played up until he was 50, seeing the way that Phil is currently playing at 50, I mean, if you were to, if you were to rule out Tiger Woods over the next 24 to, to 30 majors, which he still has left in him, I, I think you would be a fool.
0: Yeah, man, he just he he's so artistic on the golf course that you just can never really rule him out. Because really, if he ever just get gets it going just a little bit, he knows how to ride the wave. But here lately it has been him just getting it going. But like I said, like I said though, he's prepping for the. You know what I'm saying? Like we agreed on it. He's prepping for those those moments at Augusta, like when he's going to have to hit them shots, some certain shots to be able to just do what he needs to do to capture. And I think he has one more. I'm putting it on the record. Tiger Woods is going to win 2020 Masters.
1: <laughs> okay, hey, that, that's coming from the namesake, Tiger Woods, right there. So I'd put some stock into that. Let me ask you this question. Do you, do you buy into the talk, and even Tiger's mentioned it a little bit himself, but do you buy into the talk at all that not having fans on the course... Hurts Tiger more than anybody else?
0: Most definitely because, for one, just the hitting a good shot. I mean, think about it. When you're out just playing with one person and you hit the golf ball, you hit a perfect drive off the first tee box and you're with your buddies, everybody's like, oh man, good shot. You feel good. You get up to the next ball, you hit another shot, you got the momentum, you're feeling good about yourself. That positive energy. Equals positive golf. Same thing. If you're hitting birdie after birdie. And the crowd is just getting louder and louder and louder. And you're just getting better and better. Yeah, it has a difference.
1: There, There's a lot of instances over the course of Tiger's career. Especially on Sundays. Where even just the movement of the crowd. Would distract his competitors so much. I remember Rory when he first came up on tour. Was saying that playing with Tiger on a Sunday is equivalent to almost a two-to-three-shot deficit. Because as soon as Tiger puts out, that entire cavalcade of people is moving on to the next hole. And, and, you know, in golf, there's two ways to play. You either play in complete silence or complete noise, right? Because if you play in yep. complete silence, no one's talking. If you play in complete noise, it's basically like white noise, and you can't pick out these little things here or there. But to have... Some people standing and some people moving and some people quiet and some people cheering. That's, that's a lot, especially when you're faced with the burden of you know, trying to beat Tiger Woods during a certain round. And there's some guys that have done it. You know, Don't get me wrong, he's not completely invincible. But I think part of his mystique back in you know, 99 to say 06 was the fact that every single person on the golf course, fan-wise was there to see one person and one person only, and that was Tiger Woods.
0: Yep, and the people who don't even know about golf are showing up just because they want to see Tiger Woods. Little kids, <laughs> they don't even know, understand the game of golf. They want to see Tiger Woods. Like that, like, that does something to you as a person. It does something to you as a competitor, and it does something to your competition as well because they're like, this dude is really this hot. Like, how am I supposed to concentrate when I got all these fans? Like, look whenever Rory and him walked down the fairway at the WDC when they played in Texas at Austin. And that match play, the Dell match yep. play open. Yep. And that crowd just flooded the fairway. Like, imagine that being in a, a major championship. And you're right there in that on Sunday with that. Like, that's going to do something to you.
1: Yeah, I did the same thing at the um uh at the Tour Championship. You know where where Rory was basically lost in the sea of humanity that that you know swallowed Tiger Woods up. Rory was like, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never heard a sporting event louder. Like imagine I mean, that open air arena and Rory, a guy who attends sporting events all the time, from football to soccer. You know, has never heard anything louder than that right there. That that shows a power that that someone has over the crowd.
0: Yep. And do you and it's like, you know, it's even deeper than that. Think about it. Them people are thinking, man, when he makes his putt, I'm about to have to hear this noise again. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Like, yep. It's, it's already like it's just them little things that just one small thing off another add up to this one big old distraction.
1: Well, and it's hilarious because, like Scott and I have been to just countless tour events in, in our life, and I can't even begin to tell you the number of times people have come up to us, or we've heard conversations where people are like, uh, "Is is Tiger? Where's Tiger on the course?" You know, and I've had to say to people, "He's not even playing this week," and and, <laughs> and, and people literally like, "What? Like I came here to see him, like." Those are not golfers, nor are they <laughs> golf fans, you know? And and that's yeah. happened to us on more than one occasion where we've been that's in the tournament. what I meant a while ago. A Tiger yeah, Woods
0: fan and a Tiger Woods fan.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's wild. And then the best is you get, like, the inebriated corporate people, you know, who want to follow Tiger. And he might be on hole 10, which is across the course. And they're like, wow, well, you know what? I'll just sit here till he comes by on eighteen or so. You know, yep. and then you've got these rowdy fans that are eight, ten beers deep or whatnot. And they've just been- <laughs> <laughs> the the one menu. And you gotta think like if you're Tiger Woods, you literally have to walk onto the course every tournament and understand the fact that Every single person wants a piece of you. Every single person wants eyes on you. They want some sort of interaction. And to be able to handle that like he has is, is unbelievable because you talk to any of the younger pros, and a lot of guys don't ever want that level of superstardom they want to listen
0: that's what that's what man i'm glad you said something like that because i'm starting to notice like people for one people don't have the even the personality and characteristics that a young tiger woods had. like you know he'd do like them little funny like little walks and stuff when they go get the ball out of the hole whenever he would make a birdie or something like that like you don't see that no more everybody's just stiff robot you might see people like act out over a bad shot, but you don't see them type of things like that. And you don't see people trying to embrace the fans and the big power of that like Tiger Woods did back in those times. Like, I mean, for one, the spotlight was on him more than everybody else significantly. So, I mean, that kind of changes the aspect of things a little bit. But at the same time, like, you gotta, you had, I mean, that comes with it. Like, if you want to be great and you want to win at all costs and you want to win every single time you step on a golf course, then you have to embrace that type of stuff too. Like look at Michael Jordan, the greatest person. I mean, you can argue with that, but Michael Jordan, all these people, they showed up, they wanted to see Michael Jordan. A lot of them didn't know nothing about basketball. They just wanted to see Michael Jordan. Same thing for Tiger Woods. Same thing for dang near every single great that you can think of it, it just comes with it in it. you have to be ready for that. you have to be built for that, and that cannot be taught. You just have to naturally have that
1: right and that's some, like, that's something that's built different
0: bottom and, line. And, and, and like and it's even like now, so like I don't even see if you look at like people younger than me i'm twenty two you look at people younger than me, you don't even see that type of stuff built in people at that age no more like how like now you can get participation trophies and stuff like no like. The, even the value of winning has lost value. If, well, you, know, you, you know what, that's, you know
1: that's, what? That's, that's a good point. I mean, look, here's a great example of that on tour. You take Ricky Fowler. Yes, he's won some tournaments here and there, but you could argue that next to Phil and Tiger, Ricky might be the most popular guy on tour, and it's not because of winning. It's the way that he's branded himself. It's the way that he interacts with the fans, and, and the ability to embrace fans is something that not every pro wants. You know, look at like Patrick Reed. He's out there just to kill you. I mean, bottom line, the guy's out there to do his job, not talk to you and go home. So you can go that route and have people know you because of a few spectacular finishes or you can go the route of someone like, you know, Ricky who's very amicable and very affable towards the crowds and and always wants to sign autographs and kind of really participate with the crowd yeah, like, like it's kind of your personality like a little
0: mustache joke with your yeah. friend <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> but like all them type of stuff like yeah I, I mean I don't even understand it like I really don't like how I was raised by my dad With hey every single day when you get up you better be the best dog in the pen every single day you win at all costs and you prepare at all costs you do you put in your preparation you put in your time what one thing that people cannot de- deny is greatness and people are attracted to greatness so this people are going to be attracted to you but it's your job to stay focused if you can't if you can't handle that to win then you ain't then you aren't built to win at the highest level and be a great like tiger Woods. why do you not see that people are putting out these numbers like him like think about that this dude has won so many tournaments and there's only been One. I mean, like only just a handful of people who are even close around him or ahead of him. And number the greats, and they all embraced everything that came with being great.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and and honestly, like to be completely, you know, clear and transparent, you know, let's be honest, Tiger's really only embraced that over the last five, six years or so. You know, Tiger was the ultimate competitor a la michael jordan or so at the beginning of his career you know i mean hell michael jordan now is is only amicable now after all this time has passed you know i mean you're never going to find anyone as competitive as mj
0: um oh second and even and even like more so on that like correct they don't At the beginning of that, like, you're so focused and you're in so in your prime and everything. Like, I catch myself doing that all the time. Like, I will catch myself just not even interacting with my friends or my family or anything. It's a golf course, driving range, workout, record music, go back home. It's just a cycle. And you get in that type of cycle and you don't really see the world that you are building as you're going until you actually either stop or you have those little moments. So, like, when... He would chip out and win a tournament, or hit a shot that he needed to slowly start really pulling away, or hitting on these matches. And he starts having fun. Those are the moments when he's actually looking and realizing, "Oh, hey, you know what? I do appreciate this. I love this. I love the legacy that I'm building and have created." And then at the then you can go back into that zone. Then once you realize, "Okay, look, I, I, that that kind of passed a little bit." Now I can enjoy it more, and I think that that's where the mindset is. I mean, for me, that's how it would be for me anyways. Like, that'd be my moments of, man, I really appreciate what I've done and my accomplishments, and then once them shots come, hey, I'm done with it. Let's get back to playing. But you got to keep that mindset. You got to have that win-at-all-cost mindset, and you accept everything that comes with it if you want to be great.
1: Right. No, that's the, the, work,
0: that's the truth. The The work the commitment, the fans, the bad moments, the bad shots, the bad interviews that you done on TV when you was in your feelings cuz you didn't do too hot. Like you got to accept all that type of stuff. It comes with it.
1: We've got uh we've got an event uh a day after Thanksgiving which Mr. Tiger Woods is not going to be playing in this time around, but the match Three, which is which is awesome. It's something that we talked about on the pod before, something that, that I enjoy seeing golf done in a different light. We have Mr. Charles Barkley, the round mount of rebound, and Phil Mickelson versus Steph Mr. Curry. Steph Curry. And um uh whatchamacallit? Uh Peyton Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so That's- so bas- basically this is what you've got. You've got one of the most charismatic, top golfers of all time in Phil with maybe the worst celebrity golfer in history. (laughs) Dude, Charles Barkley's golf swing is the most ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. So those two paired up, and then you've got Steph Curry, who is, I mean, uh, quite honestly, Steph Curry might be the greatest athlete on the planet. The guy is the NBA three-point king, the all-time three-point king, uh, multiple NBA champion, MVP, you name it, he's won it. Plus, he is such a good plus handicap golfer that he's made the cut in corn ferry tour events before. Yo. Like, as a, as a side gig, like as a side sport. Just just because he has
0: some time off, he can go do it. He just went over there and just, oh, I'm going to go play at this little real like, could, fast.
1: Could you imagine Tiger being like, yeah, well, you know what? In the offseason, I'm going to play point guard for, you know, the Clippers. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> can't be that good at everything. And then Peyton Manning, you know, all-world QB and television spokesman. So, I, I've got to ask you with Tiger out of the picture, and they're, pu- so they're playing an alternate shot format. So, everyone's going to hit a T shot, and then you're going to take the best T shot and hit alternate shot in until the ball is holed. So, obviously, on the Charles Barkley fill side, I, I, I will bet anyone right now that they never use a Charles Barkley drive. Out that Charles Barkley never hits it over 200 yards straight. <laughs>
0: No, I can't even be serious right now because, dude, I have seen, like, them compilations on YouTube of them putting the moment together of Charles Barkley on a golf course, and that's the only thing I can think of now that I'm
1: <laughs> Well, hey, I give Charles Barkley this credit. He has been working on it, and I've seen his swing recently, like within the last three months. Now, trust me, it's not good, but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely better than like that. Hideki Matsuyama, five-second pause, hitch at the top. But, okay, I, I, I'm going to ask you for a winner. I'm going to give you my thoughts. I cannot fathom, as good as Phil is, I can't fathom Manning and, and Curry losing to to Phil and Charles. How is that going to be possible? <laughs> it,
0: it isn't. They're about to wax them. It's going to be. But it, I'm telling you, though, it's going to probably be one of the best things for golf. Watch what I tell you, though. It oh, don't even it, matter. Hands it's down. Gonna be it
1: will one,
0: be the, the most entertaining. Yep, and it's going to drive people to go watch it because for one, Charles Barkley is going to have so many funny golf moments that if that by itself is going to go viral on Instagram, I'm already calling that. And right,
1: look, that's so gonna, the-
0: that, that's going to that's going to drive people and new audiences to golf itself because they're going to – like the people from basketball and everything they want to see this goofy, and then they're like, oh man. I bet if I played I go out there and look and or you're going to get that comment of man this is what I look like at top golf. So it's going to be so relatable to dang near everybody that it's going to be something big for golf watch
1: it. It would not surprise me if they got the same viewership that like the final round of the Masters gets. And I know that's that's crazy talk and that's out there but yeah, I mean, you made a great point. So everyone that watches TNT knows Charles Barkley. Anybody Anybody <laughs> <James. likes> <laughs> <laughs> Any TV knows Peyton Manning. Even if they don't know he was an amazing QB, they know him from commercials. Everyone knows Steph Curry from basketball, and everyone in golf knows Phil Mickelson. So I love the fact that the match is starting to branch out. And I think, I think this is going to show that maybe we don't need Tiger in these formats. Like Let's, let's leave Tiger to his own devices, trying to win more majors. And let's get more entertaining people. Because, look, Tiger's hilarious, right? But Tiger's hilarious within the confines of his friends. And when he can be completely uncensored and tell his dirty jokes and all that stuff. But Tiger can never be Eldrick because of the media. Yeah. Right? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. No, no, no. That's more than perfect. But Phil, Phil is Phil. You know who he is. Like, Phil's... In his mind, the greatest of all time. He's, it feels like Gary Player. He's like the new age Gary Player. He's the greatest that ever lived. Um, he's the smartest. He has the most money. He's the most handsome. You know, he's the best guy out there. Charles yeah. Barkley is the most self deprecating announcer <laughs> you've ever had. And, and maybe, <laughs> maybe inside some stand up comics, might be the funniest guy in the world.
0: Dude, I love and Shaq get into it on TNT. Man, that stuff kills me. Man.
1: Okay, so here's here's my thought. It, right, this is on TNT. Shaq is under contract for TNT. Kenny Smith under contract for TNT. Can we get those guys? Can we get the TNT NBA guys to do maybe even two or three Whoa, holes? You just
0: did something right there. Hey, that's a good idea. Even, yeah. Like, have them on a Saturday do it, kind of like how you do like a basketball game on TNT. Because really, everybody gets TNT. I, I know some people, they don't get the Golf Channel. They
1: have to watch it on the phone or something right, like that. Right, right. Yeah, can, so, we, can we have them run a preview show? Yeah. Right? Or we, can we have them do the preview show before it? Then maybe they take two or three holes where they call it during the match itself. We know everyone's going mic- to be mic'd up. So how and, hilarious. And you,
0: already, and you already know that once Shaq sees <laughs> Charles Barkley at a golf ball, you know that he's going to come out with them jokes. And Shaq don't care. He's going to say whatever he wants to and do what he wants to on the TV, just like he does on on NBA. So I promise you, I promise you, that would be more than perfect. Hey, you need to find out how to get in touch with somebody to set that up. You might be onto something. That might be your way in the door for some big bucks. Man,
1: <laughs> look, I've been doing this for the last two years, coming out with these great ideas, and these idiots in the media just don't listen. I, I don't. <laughs> you know, I got all the. I, I'm like Phil. I got all the right ideas, but I just got no one to bounce them off of. That's it. <laughs> and I'll get DMs from people, and they'll be like, "Dude, that was like, why? Why aren't they doing that?" Like, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm sitting here in the PA podcast studio, and they're up in you know wherever TNT broadcasts out of in Hollywood or New York City or something like that. I don't yep. know.
0: That's it. Just not around the right ears. That's all.
1: That's it. So that that's going to be Friday, November 27th on on Black Friday. So that's I mean that's great. You got Thanksgiving on Thursday. You got the match three on black friday so you get all your shopping done in the morning and you go bang that out at three o'clock you a big you a big black friday shopper or no
0: man check this out i don't know how true this is or not but somebody told me yesterday that they were talking about they're gonna do black friday for a whole month like they're just gonna change up the sales and stuff like each week and day and stuff like that but they're gonna do black friday for a whole month i don't know how true that is or not but if that is real that would be the most greatest epic moment in America because don't nobody like anything better than Black Friday shopping when you get those spectacular deals.
1: Well, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you do it over a month and you have a lot more time for people to purchase stuff and less people in the stores and stuff like that. Like me, for example, I hate I hate people. I hate stores. I hate going <laughs> in. I do everything online so I am not got to be around anybody. These lunatics are running and fighting over a, a TV that you can get $10 cheaper than the week before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, Not even that, man. Them parents be in there fighting over like them them little electric cars and stuff for kids because it's the last one. Man they're fighting hard, like drawing like
1: beating the mess out of each other. Like, dude, is it that serious? No, it's it's not <laughs> like that's the point. It is so not that serious. You know what you never see? You never see like Black Friday at golf galaxy or anything like that.
0: Nope, Walmart.
1: <laughs> like why can't we as golfers get some, some amazing discounts? Like why can't you give me $800 off, you know, the latest TaylorMade set or something or 150 Man, bucks off your overpriced driver? Because the
0: golf industry. look who runs the golf industry. They're not missing out on no penny. They need every single one of our little dollars. Every That's single one. of the truth.
1: That is the truth.
0: Man, look at stuff isn't it's doing nothing but getting more and more expensive.
1: Wouldn't it be awesome to get like okay, pro v ones, buy a box, get one free. (laughs) Are you telling me
0: you wouldn't go and do that? Well, they'd sold out before they even opened the doors.
1: It's I I tell you, you're right. I do have the best ideas, but no one's listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to to tell you out there
0: listening, but I won't get one. Take this out, take this out when I finally make it on the PGA tour. I'm coming back to make sure I have you in my corner. Business wise, hey, I'm making sure that we, because you got some good ideas. You, hey, the right money in the right ears, we can make some stuff shape.
1: Look, if, if you make it out on tour, I'm going to smuggle in a Bluetooth speaker and just blast Tiger Hood's music up and down the fairway till they kick me out and revoke my media credentials. <laughs>
0: Okay, I tell you what, I tell you what, you might as well get ready for that, because I promise you, within this night, between now and the end of 2021, I'll be in one of those tournaments. Watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you.
1: Let me ask you this. You you make it into a tournament, let's say you Monday qualify in somewhere. Um, Correct. Practice rounds and all that stuff. Are you gonna be the guy that is just completely nose to the grindstone and just trying to figure out everything? Or are you gonna enjoy the moment, interact with the fans? How are you gonna be during that tournament week?
0: For um, one, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very interactive with people because this is who I naturally am. Like I have a very very like outgoing personality. I like to say hi to everybody. Like even when I go to like my local golf courses, like. And I see people I don't even know them. I'm like, hey, what's up? How y'all doing? You have a nice day? How you doing today? Like I speak to everybody. Like that's just me. For one, you don't never know who you can meet and what. Just that, hi, how you doing? You don't know how they can change somebody's day, and you don't know what type of connection they can start or networking that that can start. So I always take advantage of that. So I mean, I'm gonna be like that, but at the same time, I don't. I have that mentality. I don't care about nothing. I just want to win if you if you in my way, you just in my way. I'm I'm going to win. And that's how I wake up every day thinking like I have that killer instinct. Like I just wanna win. I'm a so when I get out there, I'm to be making sure that I have everything that I need in my toolbox, mental wise, physical wise, that I can do my job to make a statement and really show that, hey, This person who said he was going to make it on this tour and do these things, he was not kidding when he said it.
1: All right, Tiger Woods not being an option. Who are you setting up a Monday practice round with? Uh,
0: Either Colin Morikawa or either Colin Morikawa or give me Matthew Wolf either one of them two.
1: Okay, I like
0: that. I like that. Because if I can get Kala Morikawa, that's going to be more dialed in. But I don't know. I, I I like the both ends of both spectrums because not only whenever you get Kala Morikawa, you get the mental aspect and the championship, I guess you can say, routines and stuff that he has so where you can be able to get into that type of mode. But at the same time, Matthew Wolf has a really, really bright personality. He like, I mean, look whenever he was playing in these past couple of tournaments, like he don't care. He's smiling. He out there enjoying stuff. He's appreciating what he has, and I and being and playing with somebody like that, you can you can understand that and you can appreciate that, and that kind of helps you prepare just a little bit better too, because you're like, you know what, hey, I'm out here. Plus, having George Gankis, George Gankis, pretty much goes to every single one of his practice rounds with him. I mean having all of them out there like that would be that would be sweet. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. No, that sounds cool. I'll definitely follow around wherever that is. Um the last order of business, I guess a happy birthday to this TPC Network, the tournament owned uh the tour owned courses for the tournament players club. Uh that network turns 40 today. That seems uh that's crazy. 40 years the tour has owned those courses. There's a there's a ton of them. I think there's 34 out there now that they own. Have you ever played any of the TPC courses out there? Uh I played TPC
0: San Antonio one time and I played TPC McKinney one time. Like man that was like mm. Probably like two years ago when I very first started. I didn't even really care to even know what that was like when I very first started. So like, I didn't even realize it. You know what I mean? I was just like, hey, this is a golf course. Close. Oh, dang. It's expensive to play here. But yeah, I'm going to go play it anyway just because I like the views. I, I, I mean, If you really want me to be honest with you, I probably would have had somebody with me. I'd maybe a lady friend. I was trying to impress and show the nice views of the golf course. <laughs> of the golf course. But yeah i play I played them too the number yeah, of the I, ones that are here in texas
1: i've never i've never played one uh I've been to about i'm just looking at the list now i've been to about four or five of them but I've never played them at all. I think you know they get a bad rap because um, a lot of them are just placement courses um a lot of them are kind of like uh. How do I want to put it? I guess maybe like over bulldozed if you will, you know yeah. kind, of, um, kind of over architect. Uh, but they're I mean they're all gorgeous, they're all in great shape. I mean the, obviously the crown jewel being sawgrass which I mean I was you know there this year doing media before it was canceled and quite honestly it was one of the probably best conditioned courses I think I've ever been on in my life and and I've been to Augusta so that's saying something.
0: That is that is one thing that I... That's one place I want to go. I want to go to Sawgrass. Get, I have to see it. Hey, speaking of Augusta, I heard something on, like, uh, I want to say a podcast on YouTube, a golf podcast, and they were talking about how whenever... Like the masters get ready. They can go across. They have like a nursery, like a tree, a pine tree nursery or something like that. And they can go across there and get pine trees, bring them over into the golf course and plant them and have them looking like they have been there for like 40 years.
1: Augusta can do. Augusta is like. Um... Narnia. <laughs> yeah, man. That's. Uh, yeah. Anything that you can imagine happening on a golf course like that that is augusta it's uh it's it's insane i mean you know the the land started off as a nursery um when when bobby jones bought it um now i do know for a fact that they use special uv lighting to get the azaleas to bloom at the correct time of year because it's earlier it's earlier in the country even that part of the country it's earlier than the azaleas normally bloom um I know that they have cut down trees overnight and landscaped it so that, you know you could not tell, so I would not put it past them that they were able to plant pines. I don't think they'd plant anything that would truly impact um, a shot, because most of the stuff that Augusta does, they are pretty transparent with it now under Billy Payne. Um, but never say never. You know, Augusta's like the Illuminati of golf.
0: Uh, <laughs> the Illuminati of golf. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want to put it that way, yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. You don't never know what type of secrets or tricks they're going to pull out the bag on you.
1: No, that is, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's true. You know, Augusta is the place where they can receive like four inches of rain. And then the next morning, the Greens are still running at 13 and a half, which they won't even <laughs> tell you. And that's the other thing. Like, Augusta won't even tell you the speeds that they run. You know, the guys can only guess. And they say, well, what, what speed are the greens running at? Well they're yes. running at ma- master speed. <laughs> right? That's what they say. They say master speed. <laughs> it's hyper drive. <laughs> yeah. How are the fairways cut? They're cut for the masters. Like it's just it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. They just don't care. They do whatever they want. And I think it's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I like
0: I like that one year. Whenever I mean, I don't like it, but it was funny. Whenever Sergio Garcia was mad, he was like, "Of course, it's t- it's too hard." <laughs> it was <laughs> he was complaining because he didn't do good. I'm like, dude, it's the mess. who's supposed to be hard. What you talking about?
1: Yeah, and you know what? That's one of the places where sometimes you don't want to express your opinion out loud.
0: Oh no, 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 no. uh. Uh-uh. You better be on your you better be on your P's and Q's when you pull into that gate. Yeah, Magnolia Lane.
1: That is the truth. Um, So, listen real quick. Let's turn this to you before we get out of here. Um, You had a new song just drop. You did your video for golf cart. What else is in the works right now?
0: Um. Okay. So, first of all, golf cart. That video was awesome. I love the outcome of it. I love the attention that it brought. To me, not like as far as like, oh, I like the attention, but I like the attention it brought to the name of Tiger Hoods Nine Zero Three. Um, then I dropped this new song called Golf Course. I'm trying to try some different styles. I'm just playing around with different things, different sounds, trying to figure out what I just really, really like. And I've also come to realize that singles are just right now, as far as a hole in the music industry, singles are just really where it's at. You can have so it's so much easier to make a single, a hit single than it is a hit album, which I did. I mean, my album was really, really good. Like I did a, over like a thousand streams in the first 24 hours. Like, I mean, that's pretty good for someone who was just starting out. I was very happy with myself. And then I just started realizing that, hey, I got to get back to that golf cart sound like golf cart just does something different to you and and like when you hear it. Like, it just is catchy. The beat is catchy. It's one of them hard beats that it makes you want to get up and either go hit some golf balls or go shoot, like, the best score you've ever shot in your life. And so that's what I've I've been kind of working on. I've been trying to get back to. And as far as, like, my golf stuff, like I was saying, I've just been working on my game getting so much better and this week i think i'm gonna go play at this local course they have like some low ball games and so i think i'm gonna go get in those and i think thursday i'm gonna go try to play match with this this guy i think we like locked in for like a nassau game for like 1500 so going that's what i got coming up in the works for this week
1: Well look man, I can uh I can't thank you enough for coming on, co hosting this episode, obviously, not the last time that you'll be on. Um no, no.
0: Hey, listen, before we even get out of here though, I am being dead serious. I want you to hold me true. I'm, I'm, I'm holding you true. You gotta hold me accountable. I promise you do. I'm gonna be on the PGA tour. Watch what I tell oh, you.
1: I'll, hey, I'll be there with the with the music. That's not I mean Come on, that's not a lie. That press pass gets you into a lot of areas. Trust me, <laughs> <I shouldn't>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I forgot you. Uh, you dang near close to uh presidential status by now. I forgot yeah. you big. You big time. That's that's your new name for now. Hey everybody, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to the uh big uh <laughs> the president the presidential lead, the PM podcast. This is the uh, VIP area. You got to have a certain pass, like my man Dan. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Well, not not that big, but uh, but but our buddy Derek, who helps out, uh, who's uh, also known as Golfing with Dad on Instagram, will tell you that I I have a way with words in certain situations. We got uh we got damn near every every place we wanted to at the players, uh, even when our credentials weren't going to allow us in. So uh, you know the power of the spoken word is extremely important. So stay in school, kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man hey i appreciate you so much for letting me come back on here I, yeah
1: of course i really man. do of course
0: and, I, and everybody y'all can follow me on ig and search for me on any platform at tiger hoods
1: 903 all right people we the get busy dying peace the game of golf is more than a sport it's a lifestyle blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look, they've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO. That's Eagles and Arrows Company CO on Instagram. Love golf. Live life. Eagles and Arrows.